You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Robbie Samuels hosts the On the Schmooze podcast. Robbie, tell listeners what to expect from the show. Since 2015, I've interviewed entrepreneurs who overcame challenges to achieve success in their field or industry. Tune in to On the Schmooze to listen as I ask deep questions to elicit untold stories about leadership and networking. And where can people subscribe? Find the show at ontheschmooze.com or on marketingpodcast.net or just search for it wherever you get your podcasts. You heard them. Go subscribe. Woodhouse offers confidence as your trusted auto partner. With 18 brands and 16 convenient full-service dealerships, you can easily shop the latest models, discover a pre-owned vehicle that meets your list of must-haves, or conveniently maintain your current vehicle. And our knowledgeable and local team is ready to help, providing you the solutions to get you on the road faster, whether online at woodhouse.com or in person. Experience the difference with Woodhouse, a trusted auto partner since 1975. You're listening to the Personal Branding Playbook. On today's episode, we have Jeremy Ryan Slate. You're listening to the Personal Branding Playbook, hosted by Coach Chris. This is a podcast for entrepreneurs, business owners, and the people that really want to improve their lives and get to that next level. This show includes interviews with experts from around the world in different industries, millionaires, startup founders, and small business owners. Coach Chris also loves to do solo episodes to teach you how to get to the next level by taking real action. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode. On today's show, we got an expert, um, Jeremy Ryan Slate. He's a podcast expert. He has an amazing company. They're doing some great work getting other experts onto podcasts. And I love talking to these kind of people because I don't believe in competition anymore. I know that's like a big thing in the coaching entrepreneur world, but what I've found is that when I work with people, I can benefit more. Everybody wins more. You know, when you're focused on yourself and how you're going to win, it kind of limits it. And talking to Jeremy was really good because we got to t- uh, discuss things like Clubhouse and um, how podcasting is going to survive Clubhouse and all these other different things that really scale across the entire industry. Um, and one big thing we discussed was podcast guesting and how that's kind of blown up. So this is going to be a great interview. Enjoy the show. First, how do you feel about podcasting? Like what makes you care about it so much? Cause I know you're really deep into the industry like I am. So what makes mm-hmm. you say, wow, I love podcasting. I was a fan first. Like I've listened to, um, Gosh, I'm trying. So I've listened to this one podcast called the No Agenda Show since like 2009 or something like that. I think that was the year it started. They're on like 1,400 episodes now. So like I've always just like loved podcasts and been like a nerd about them. Um, and also like I think around 2007 is when I listened to like my first podcast, and that was still like a lot of like 
audiobooks in the public domain and stuff like that. Like I think it was Librivox was the name of the company. So like I've always just loved podcasting. And then like when everything in my life didn't work out, I'm like, all right, let me start a podcast. And, <laughs> and that's how we got here, man. <laughs> it's funny because I know you've been doing it kind of um just as long as I have. And because the industry is, is kind of blown up in the past two years. It's like now we've reached a point where everybody either has a show or they know somebody with a show. Like there's no middle ground. At yeah. this point. Like it's just mainstream. And like the pop culture references are interesting yeah. too. Cause like you, you can be like watching something on TV and they're talking about podcasting all of a sudden you're like, Whoa, this is weird. Right. <laughs> and I try to tell people like, I remember when podcasting wasn't cool when people didn't know what it was. And I told people, yeah, I have a show and they're like, you're on TV. And I'm like, no, no, relax. I have my own Dude, like, podcast. It, it was it was when, when I that. when I started mine, like I didn't know like there were other podcasters yet. You know what I mean? Like I listened to a bunch of shows, but like I wasn't like connected to any or whatever. So it was just kind of like me and my like silent echo chamber creating the show. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that, that is funny. That is it, it was so funny to see how the industry has grown. Um, and I think it's still gonna continue to grow. Um, one yeah. thing I wanted to ask you about is that growth, you know, now that the industry is so big, you know, it's a billion dollar market now. Companies are pouring yeah. a lot of money into advertising and the marketing and all of that stuff. The guesting space has exploded. How yeah. do you, what do you think is the best way for podcast hosts to monetize in 2021 and beyond? Well, I, th I think the, the thing about it too, man, is like people also don't have the right viewpoint on it because like you look at like Spotify is like, oh, we're not making money on this. And, you know, like, um, I don't know if you listen to Joe Budden at all. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. Love Joe Button. Love Joe Button. Yeah. Joe did an episode about like why I'm not going back to Spotify. Uh, it's like three hours, but it's like really, really good. And he's like, because they did exactly what music did. They treated me as an artist. So I think still like the large companies producing podcasts still don't quite get the model yet. So when they're saying, oh, we're not making money on podcasts, it's because they don't quite get it, right? They're trying to treat everything like it's music. And it's a different industry. So I think that's kind of interesting as that's emerging because they're looking at it and they're saying, oh, well, Spotify has big bet on podcasting isn't paying off. Well, because that's not how the industry was built, that you buy things and make them exclusive and whatever it is. Like people want to listen where they want to listen and things like that. So I think just first and foremost, I just want to mention that because I know it's been in the news a little bit recently, like how people are thinking about it, um, you know, is the wrong way. Now, what I, what I do think the right way to think about it is like, you know, like how Joe Rogan did it before he went to Spotify, which is just yeah. promoting things he liked and promoting things he enjoyed and stuff like that. That's where the really good advertising money is. Cause I know, like, I don't know about you, but like for me, dude, like I only promote things on my show as advertising that I like and that I use and things like that. So it comes off as a really good recommendation. So I think if you're looking at it from an advertising perspective, that's one place that podcasters can really make money off it is they're promoting things that they really like to their audience and they're not breaking trust because once you break trust and you promote something like buy anything from you. So like I had a company uh, contact me about advertising recently and it was like a, um, it was a product having to do with um, like trimming men's hair in places that are typically unseen. Um, and I was like, you know, that's just not really something it, I'm comfortable promoting. It had to be manscaped. Had it was manscaped and like nothing against them, but it's just like, for me, like that would feel weird to my audience promoting that. And they'd be like, why is he doing that? So like, it has to be authentic and true and real with what you're promoting to your audience. Mm. And because of that, you're going to see people taking action on your advertising. So that's one part of it. I, the other part I, of it is before we go on. I love what you said yeah. about that. 
um, the advertising portion, because I do think Spotify is approaching it completely wrong. They're just saying we're going to pay all these content creators and they're yep. going to bring the people. And then instead of paying the content creators what they're worth, we're going to pay them pennies on the mm -hmm. dollar. And I think long. Yeah, because like Joe Budden got screwed, man. Like oh, he totally man. got screwed. Like <sighs> he said they hit they they didn't just hit every mark. They like blew them away. But then they'd get to the end of the year where they'd like pay out their bonus. And they'd be like, oh, well, Joe, you got this many streams really wanted were downloads. And it's like you guys got they got like all granular about it. He's like, you're kidding me. Like we we killed like what you guys were expecting. So I think at the same time, like they're trying to force another industry, which is the music industry, which, you know, honestly, they've screwed the music industry, a lot of these big companies, um, and they screwed the artists. They're trying to do the same thing to podcasting, and I think that's why they're struggling right now. And I can say, I've talked to Dave Jackson about this, and he actually wrote a blog explaining that podcasters should get paid like artists. That way, every podcast can make money. Um, and I, I think that's good in one respect, that every podcaster can then make money based on the amount of downloads yeah. and streams, but it's bad in the long term because if I outperform most of the shows on the market, then it's going to be pretty tough for me to like that kind of setup because I'm, yeah, I should get paid more than them because I get more downloads and listens. That's why I personally believe the best thing for every podcaster to do is to have their own product and service, like either a service. You're preaching to the choir here, man. Or a community. you got to have something <laughs> you control because it's just the best way to make money from my personal experience and what I've yeah. done with my clients. Yeah, like like you're preaching to the choir here, man. I'm sorry I kind of interrupted you there, but like you're so right. You are 100% right about that. And and I think that most people don't grasp that yet. And also like big media hasn't grasped that yet because they're used to like, well, we're going to sell a radio ad and it's $25 per CPM. And if we get one point whatever million listeners, and that's another interesting thing, like how radio tells you your numbers is like totally a scam. Like they actually have no idea how many people are listening to radio because of how they do the math on it. Um, but that's a, a conversation for a different day. Um, but like, what you should be really thinking about is like your podcast is kind of the front end PR vehicle for everything else yes. you're doing, right? Yes. It creates trust. It helps you build community. It helps you find out what's needed and wanted from people. Like I didn't have any products when I started my podcast. Um, we find out from people like what they wanted, what they yes. were looking for. And so I think, I think that's what it really should be. And I love that you said that part too, because I think if podcasters take that perspective, then you're going to make better content. You kind of yeah. have to at that point if you want to sell to the audience. And I think intention matters, too. Um, for me, mm -hmm. my intention wasn't just to make money from my show. Um, I wanted to create great content first, and yeah. then I found ways to make money. I think now because mm -hmm. the industry is so big, we have a lot of podcasters that are coming in and they're new. And then the first 30 days, they're like, oh, my God, I haven't made a thousand dollars. I thought everybody made money podcasting. This sucks. And then they quit. And I'm like, <laughs> you just started and you didn't even do the right work when you started, but you just started. So even the expectations about, about mm -hmm. monetization need to be adjusted. But I think all like like I had a job when I started my podcast, man. Like I made this just as like a creative outlet because I had failed at every business I'd ever tried after I got out of grad school and taught high school for a couple <laughs> of years. So like, you know, like for me, it was just my creative outlet and it took off. Like we had 10,000 listens in our first month, which is which is awesome. Um, but like the 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 thing I think is like, number one, it's something that allows you to connect and reach people like just like kind of what we were talking about. Um, but at the same time, I, I think every industry goes through this. I really do. Like, I don't know if you remember... Did you watch South Park at all? Like back in the day, like let's say 10 years ago? 
Back in the day, yeah, I don't watch it now, but back in the day, I, I don't watch it now either. But I always reference this one episode. This and this has got to be like 12 years ago, so it's like showing my age or whatever. But there was this episode where, when it was going YouTube, I think it was around like 07 when YouTube first kind of got popular, and they had this misconception that if a YouTube video went viral, they would make all this money, right? Because it was magical mm-hmm. internet money, and that's where it came from. And I think each industry kind of goes through this, especially in the digital world, right? People think, oh my gosh, look what John Lee Dumas has done. I can yeah. do that. Or look what this person is on. I can do that. Now, here's the thing to think about, right? It's 99% or 1% of all podcasters account for 99% of the revenue that comes in in terms of, in terms of advertising money. That's something to really think about yeah. and why you should build your own revenue model into what you're doing, like something to promote yourself to your audience or whatever it may be. Um, but also at the same time, um, you know, because what is it like 5% of all podcasts get, uh, get more than a hundred downloads an episode. It's like, that's crazy. Yeah. It's but also the same. Low. Yeah. It's, so, it's and I, and I, let me see, I have numbers right here. Um, I literally, it's funny you mentioned it. I was looking, I at think it. in numbers, <laughs> um, I'm, I'm going to edit this in on the screen yeah. so the audience can see, okay. um, the top 1% gets 35,000 downloads. The top 2% gets 20,000 top 5% gets 8,000. And the top 7% gets 5,000. The top 10, mm-hmm. to be in the top 10% of the podcast, you only need 3,000 downloads an episode. Yep. Is the that me- per episode or is that a monthly? Th- this is per episode. Um, so okay. the median, everybody out of the top 20%, the top 20% is 1K. Under that is 124 mm-hmm. downloads an episode. So if you get to 124, yeah. you're literally average. Like it's that easy to be average getting to a thousand in the top 20%. So I I think Mm -hmm. those numbers are good for hosts to take into account early on because Mm -hmm. it's just, I I, I get mind blown when I meet people and they're on their 33rd day of podcasting in month two. And they're like, Oh my God, I haven't made any money. And it's like, you just started, man. Trust me. It's going to take you some time to get there unless you do a lot of groundwork early on. Mm-hmm. Well, and the thing, and the thing I'll say too is like you mentioned, like there being a lot more podcasts out there too. I think towards like October last year was the last time I looked at numbers, but it was like 1.7 million active podcasts was the last number I saw. It's insane. And of those, of those, 15% produce an episode every 45 days, so that it would actually qualify as active. So something to think about there, like that's a very small percentage that you have to be among to even compete. Like that's, it's actually a lot easier that if you think about it, right? Like, because at 15% of 1.7 million, that's a very low number, um, you know, in retrospect. Um, and at the same time, and that's only every 45 days. So like, you know, the numbers get smaller and smaller and smaller as you're looking at people that consistently produce content. I know for myself, I do three episodes a week. Um, I'm not sure how many you have in your content calendar, but like if you're consistently producing content, you're already in the smallest percentage there, which is a really, really good thing. And you mentioned people too that, um, you know, they start a show in the first month. They're like, oh my gosh, it's not really going on. Like, I think the average number of episodes that a podcast completes is like 18 episodes. So yeah. it's like, you get to a point where, they didn't figure out how to make money or they didn't quite understand the concept. So they quit around 18 episodes. So I, I think there's a lot of problems with how people approach it. So when you have the right thought process and when you say, Hey, I'm in this for six to 12 months, you're actually going to see the results you want to see. Yeah. And I can say, it's funny. You mentioned that number um, for my business, um, for my consulting for podcasters, I don't work with clients unless they've produced at least 20 episodes on their own. And because, because one thing that's happened a couple times I would work with people in the beginning stages or people that are launching 
And then those people would quit around episode 10. They're like, hey, man, I thought I was going to make money from this. It's not working out. And then they quit. And we could be like two weeks in and they just disappear. And I'm blown away. <laughs> like, we just started. Like, we just started. Like, you literally have only put out four episodes. You have not even mm -hmm. got there yet. And then you gave up. Um, I think another thing that attributes to the um pod fading is what the industry term is if you don't know pod fading is when somebody produces mm -hmm. a show they get started and then they just stop i think too many people put money into equipment too early they see the yep. fancy microphones they are on google looking at oh how much does this cost and next thing you know they haven't put out one episode but they have a full soundboard four microphones they only have four people on the show but they got four mics set yeah. up <laughs> like, like like dude i'm on i'm on 800 and Gosh, I forget the number. 827 episodes, I think, or something like that. I've been in this for five years. For four and a half years, I didn't have this mic. This is something I've started in the last six months. Um, right now, I'm talking to you um, on a Canon EOS Rebel T6 as the camera. I got that a month ago. Um, and, you know, the, the, the mixer I have here and stuff. I only upgraded my equipment towards the end of last year. I used a, one Audio-Technica mic to record like 700 episodes. So, like, you don't have to get crazy, man. Just sound good enough. And that's kind of what I want to teach people is the, the beginning stage is about you setting the foundation with the basic tools you have. Maybe yep. invest 100 or 200 bucks, but that's about it. Um, so another thing I wanted to ask you about is when it comes to products, what kind of products do you think are the most profitable for podcast hosts? In terms of like products they're offering their audience or, or could you could you explain that a little more? Well, specifically, if I'm a podcaster and I want to sell something. OK, what is the first thing you would recommend for me to sell? Because I think that's where people get blocked too. They're like, OK, you're telling me to sell products, but mm -hmm. what should I sell? And I think everybody starts with the ebook, which is like the foundation. But I know it has to be something better than that. Well, I'd say first and foremost, like start with some affiliate products, like start with some small stuff. Like we've I promoted Audible's affiliate program since like day one. And um, I think the the payout numbers have changed a little bit in the last couple of years. But uh, what I remember it being is they basically paid you 15 bucks per yeah. free Audible membership you give away. Um, so we just kind of get checks in the mail, which is cool. So like, you know, early on, that was great. And it's been something we continue to do. So I'm always telling my audience, like, like, Hey guys, right now I'm reading uh, Brady versus Manning by Gary Myers. You can get that book for free or any of the other book for free. So like, like you really, for me, that's really just a way to interact with my audience and make some money off it, which is great. Um, so I would say that first to find affiliate offers that you really like, and that's a good place to start. Um, if you already have a business, honestly, you're ahead of the game, right? Because you're trying to figure out how can I use my podcast to promote my business? Because then you could interview people that are your perfect clients. You could interview people that your perfect clients trust so that it helps to raise your own positioning and your own awareness and stuff like that. Um, another thought process too, which I know a, um, a lot of podcasters do, and I know one of my good friends, uh, Chris Harris from the Entrepreneur Hour podcast, did really well with uh, Marie Forleo's uh, affiliate program for B-School. Um, cause she pays like a couple thousand bucks per person you get into the membership. Mm. So like from the last launch, I think he did like 60 or $70,000 from the launch. Wow. So like finding high end, um, affiliate offers, if you're continuing to build an email list and you continue to do things like that with your audience, like that's a really good place to start that anybody can do, man. Is like your, your guests are selling stuff. You know, if you agree with it, if it fits with things you believe, then you can also be promoting that product. But that's like, like we talked about earlier with promoting advertising on your show that you may or may not agree with it's really important that it's something that you agree with as, as a core offer um, or 
it's going to, people are going to lose belief in you eventually. And, you know, it's just not very good. So I love what you say about specific affiliate companies and, you know, you selling their products. Cause I think in the beginning, mm-hmm. it'll be hard to just launch your show and then immediately go to selling a product because you might not have the audience yet. You might not really qualify to sell anything just yet, but yeah. selling something else that's credible is way easier. Um, and then that helps you get a leg up. And I think it really prepares you for working with a sponsor. Cause mm. one thing people don't yeah. know is working with some sponsors is like tough. Like you actually have to almost train yourself to be a, a, a good host when you're sponsored by a show. If you can't do live reads yeah. correctly, I got calls in the beginning, like, yo, we need you to fix this. And I'm like, what did I do wrong? <laughs> But I, 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 but like, I know for like, for like you and me, like we've been doing this a long time. So I think eventually somebody just hands you a script and you just kind of, you can read it off pretty well because we've been doing it for so long. But in the beginning, like, dude, you really got to work on it. Like you got to cut something four or five times and it's got to be perfect for a sponsor. So I agree with you. Like it kind of trains you in the right way. Um, But also at the same time, like sponsors, like higher end sponsors, they want to know like, what have people done with you before? Like, you know, how have things went before? And if you can't show them results, sometimes it's harder to get sponsors too. So that can also help you create some case studies and stuff like that. If you're thinking about it in that perspective. Yeah, man, that is very important. So outside of the sponsors, I think the next step is podcast guesting because Mm -hmm. a lot of people, experts and all of these entrepreneurs and business owners, they're pouring money into these companies. And I mean, serious money, like two, Mm $3,000 a month to be a guest on podcasts. Mm -hmm. One question I have for you, is do you feel like the guests should be paying the podcast host or should they pay the guest company for finding the shows for them? So that's interesting because it's like you have some, it's, there's two different perspectives on that, right? Like, cause that's what we do is we help people to get on shows. So like the one perspective of it is like, if, if a show is looking for a high end guest, then, um, you know, that may make sense. Or if the, so for us, we only work with a lot of high end entrepreneurs. So a lot of times like shows that we're reaching out to are like really grateful for that. Um, but if somebody's kind of like a, you know, like a tweener for the show, then it may make more sense to, to figure out how you can help that show. And if it's monetary, monetarily, it is what it is. Cause it's kind of like they're doing you a favor then. So you, you, if you're a company that's really working with high end guests, um, in that way, I think it can be a really great service. I know for myself, I've gotten some incredible guests from PR firms. Like um, I'm trying to think of one of the ones that I just got recently, like Jonathan Goldsmith. Uh, he was the guy in the uh, Dosecki's commercials, the most interesting man in the world. Mm. Um, I got him from his PR firm or um, we have, uh, we're still waiting to get the date down, but I, we got uh, Randy Jackson from American Idol. Um, wow. you know, his team, his team pitched us from a PR firm. So like, if you're kind of, you know, keeping your clientele at a high level, then it is, a service to a podcaster and a free service. Right. Um, but the other, but if it's people that are like, well, I may not want to take them. They may not be interesting, but I'll do you a favor. Well, then you kind of got to do them a favor, man. Yeah. So it's, it depends on what kind of a business you're building. Right. Because there's a lot of, like, like you said, a lot of podcast booking companies out there. And that's why we've really tried to concentrate on making ourselves like a PR firm for the podcast space. Cause then we're working with high-end guests where we can brighten a host day or kind of, you know, make things go right for them if we're really giving them exactly what we're looking for. So that's kind of my perspective on that. Um, and, you know, like I said, I've been on both sides of the mic. So like I, I, you know, I've been able to kind of see what that's like. And I think that's why we've built our company the way we've built it. I love that perspective too, because some hosts, like you said, they do want that kind of leg up. 
You know, yeah. it's like if my show is starting out and we're doing really good, we're six months in and we need more high quality guests. And then mm -hmm. your company reaches out and says, hey, we have this bestselling author or this person was on TV. Now that does help the show build its credibility. Um, mm -hmm. And I think, but podcasts, it's also the responsibility of the company to make sure you're taking high end people, right? You can't just, yeah. if, 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 if it's to the point where you're taking somebody like, gosh, I'm gonna have to give somebody money to take this person. You sh probably shouldn't be servicing <laughs> that client. You know what I mean? I think, <laughs> but I'm glad you mentioned that. Cause that's really the problem is I have a lot of companies reaching out to me and it's like, first of all, this show, the personal branding playbook is about business yeah. and podcasting. We really put all of it in one. You can tell about a logo. We talk about a lot of things here, but it all fits around the same umbrella. You know, yeah. I've had companies reach out to me trying to get music artists on the show, like rappers. Um, mm -hmm. And I, I get it, but they don't fit. Yes. And I think that's the problem is now the guesting companies are like, okay, if anybody wants to pay us, we're going to go and promote them to all these different podcasts. Um, yeah. And some of the companies are just so lazy. They don't even look at the show before they reach out. They sit. And, and that's the problem too, man, is there's like no tact in that, right? Like they're not, oh. they're not taking the responsibility to make sure you're servicing a podcaster like they want to be serviced. Like that's really important as well. So oh, you know what I mean? Like, important, man. like, I don't know about you, but when I get the email, that's like, you know, Hey, Chris, uh, I'm a fan of your show. I liked episode number blank. And you <laughs> talked about blank. Uh, no, I didn't. Um, that was in the title. Is that where you got that from? Um, <laughs> <laughs> or for me, like, you know, my parents named me after uh, a bad cowboy actor. So, like, Google hated me for years. Um, so, like, I've always used my middle name, like Jeremy Ryan Slate, just because it helped me get found in Google. So, like, I, I, I almost get insulted when somebody emails me and like, hey, Ryan. It's like, God, yeah, like, not like I'm important, but like, dude, at least do a little research. It, so, it's like, a little. Just phoning it in. And, and, and it's so lazy. That's what makes it frustrating to me as a host, because I get an email and they're like, hey, so-and-so will be perfect for your show. And it's like, if you just did a little bit of research, you would see that person was on my show a month ago. Like you're sending yeah. me somebody that's already been a guest. It just it doesn't yeah. make sense. Um, I think that, well, that comes back to the responsibility level. Oh, go ahead. I don't cut you off. No, I'm just saying I think that part of the industry is. It, it needs to change. It, it needs to be some kind of change going forward, for real. Well, it's it's the responsibility level of the company, right? Because there's a thing called professionalism, and that's anything you do, doing it well. Um, and when you approach it as a professional, like for us, like we, and I've always done this since day one, I think it's because I've been a podcaster, we keep a massive Google Drive database um, after we talk to a show and we say, hey, if they say it's not a fit or whatever it is, like, well, what exactly are you looking for? I can only give you what you're looking for so we're not bothering people so like when we email them we know it's a fit or we know it's what they're looking for um so i think like there's a responsibility level in that thing and it's you know taking good notes like we've been building a database for five years like it's really important to do those kind of things and res you know respect the integrity of the space right because we're all trying to build shows here and build them for a certain reason and i just honestly like more companies need to take like I don't mean to toot my own horn, but I'm saying companies should be taking that responsibility level. And I just don't think they are. Man, that's, and that just made me think of something interesting because, you know, there are, like we talked about almost 2 million podcasts out there in yeah. your estimation, because you've been doing this for years in your estimation, how many, how can I frame this question so that it makes sense? Because I, I think it's hard to quantify how many guests there are in the podcast space. Um, oh my gosh. I don't even know how you would look at that. <laughs> I know, I, I know it's just insane. Um, but, but really 
I think being a, 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 a the starting a company and an agency as a podcast guesting service, I've seen maybe last year in 2020 alone, I had over 20 reach out to me. Um, and it was just really mm-hmm. interesting to see. I, I think that industry itself is exploding and it might mm-hmm. outgrow the number of guests available. Not necessarily. And this is the reason I say this, because I think in any industry, especially because like even with podcasting the way it is, it's still a nascent industry, right? It's still pretty new. And like, I, I, I think you're, you're, you're going to see like what you saw with a lot of podcasts, right? Like we had a boom and then, and then kind of the ones that are doing good have stuck around and the cream rises at the top. I think you're going to see the same thing kind of in the industry space, right? Because if you're doing a, a crappy job, you can only do it so long. So I think it's the, the the ones that approach it with professionalism and things like that. And I think we are we are in a boom right now, honestly. But like, because we've tried to approach this as professionals, because like you know I've I like everybody on our team like has went to school for PR. Like I've we've actually went out and hired publicists on our team and, and things like that. And I think that's important because it's how you're approaching it. There's a lot of companies that are just like you know they're hiring somebody for ten bucks an hour to just go pitch, or they're hiring somebody in the Philippines to just go pitch, and it's just it's yeah. it's not the same as like building a company and building a service. It's more of a like I don't want to down talk anybody, but it's like you, it's at, at at times you're you're kind of building a fly by night, and it happens in a lot of industries, man. I I, I can honestly say what you said is a hundred percent truth, and it's not like down talking anybody. Because it's right. factual. I've literally been pitched courses and programs on how to be a podcast guest. And they teach you, here's a script you send to every host. Here is how you hire somebody else to do all of this for you. Here's how you find the show. I've seen it. So I know. Yeah. Th- and that's how I can see how much is growing um, and mm-hmm. evolving, really. And I think it's healthy. I like it like this because... If people are paying to be podcast guests, that means there are a lot of podcasts out there. Yes. That's a good sign to me as a podcast host um, and somebody just in the software space now. You know, um, yeah. I think it's all growth. And yes, yeah, somebody will do good. Some people will do bad, but it's all right. growth. So I love the growth well, aspect. And the competition's a really good thing, right? Because then people like hopefully people are competing to do a better job. Like that's not always the case, but you would hope people are competing to do a better job. And that's why for us, we've always focused on like, how can I make this process better? How can I make this more seamless? Like one of the things we did last year, um, and and it's funny because once again, it goes back to me being a podcaster. Um, Like one of the things that we do um, before we put podcasters on uh, people on a podcast is they actually do like a mock interview with me. Um, And then we have like another channel that we put it out on and things like that, where my team edits it and stuff like that. So one of the things that we look at that I was looking at is I'm like, wow, it's a real pain in the ass to go find a photo of this person and to go find their bio and things like that. So I'm like, you know, it'd be really great if we had a media kit for all the, like, not just like one of those one pages, if we had like a media kit of like five or so approved images, like all their social media links, all that kind of stuff. And like one Google drive Dropbox, like that would really make my life well, Google Drive or Dropbox, like I just combined two companies. Um, <laughs> like if we had something like that, it would make my life a lot easier. So, you know, I mentioned that the PR team, we did that for everybody in our company. And that makes people's lives easier because they don't have to ask you for more stuff. They don't have to go find a high res image or whatever it is, because that stuff's annoying. So like, I've always tried to look at how can we do this better based on like things that I want when I'm hosting a show and, you know, trying to put content out there. Yeah, man, I 100% understand that as a host. It's the worst when you're trying to create content for the episode because you know it'll do well, and then you can't find a headshot. Oh, that's the worst. Or the one you get, the resolution is like from their Twitter oh. account where it's like 150 by 150, and you blow it up, and you're like, 
somewhere in there, there's a purse picture of a human. Right. <laughs> or I've had this happen to me too, where I would get somebody's profile photo from LinkedIn and they'll say, Hey, I don't like that picture. Can you not use it? And I'm like, you, you're using it on LinkedIn. That's your photo, what? dude. <laughs> you mean not used it. So I do. I love that media kit idea because as a host, it makes it easier for me. Um, man, we've yeah. covered a lot on this episode. But before we finish up, I want to yeah, ask man. you about the future of the industry. Where do you see podcasting specifically for businesses in the next three to five years? Like how are businesses going to be impacted by podcasts in the next three to five years? So I see kind of two perspectives on this. One being, I think the space is growing really fast. And I think we're going to kind of continue to see the ones that treat, you know, professionalism, like they, they try to act like a professional and treat themselves like a professional, you know, like, I think those shows are going to continue to grow and you're still going to have a lot of the flyby nights. But I think that those, honestly, the people that get into it and quit quickly, they're still driving growth, right? They're still helping the, the, the space to get seen more. So that's one part of it. I think you're also going to see companies, and I've seen a few start to do this, start to understand how to use a podcast better, right? Yeah. And I mean, because you have outbound podcasts, but there's some companies that are doing some really cool stuff with internal podcasts right now. Meaning like, you know, large companies are doing podcasts just for their team where it's a private RSS feed and stuff like that. So I think you're the industry grow in a few different ways where companies are now kind of wrapping their heads around like how this industry works and how it you how to use it. So I still think we're very, very early in this industry. And I think there's a lot of upside to it because there are things out there like Clubhouse, there are things out there like video and stuff like that. But podcasting, like it holds a cultural place and a usage place in people's lives. Like they're using it in the gym, they're using it in their home, they're using it wherever. Yeah. So I think there's a really big place for it there. Man, I, I do I do agree with the growth in the industry. Um, I personally, I just, I love it. I love to see growth on all sides. I think another part we're going to see is more competition in the software space. Um, I've had a lot of hosting companies reaching out to me. Um, mm -hmm. And I think it's going to be more and more competition in terms of software because that's recurring revenue. Uh, but yeah. as far as like Spotify buying up the market, I just, I don't think that's a smart thing. Um, it's not it's not going to continue, though, because their 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 shareholders are already saying, well, this isn't working because it's not yeah. the right model. And it's not it's not like another platform. It's not, it doesn't work that way. Like podcasts are built literally around communities. Mm -hmm. Like That's why they thrive. I think one of the most unique things about the podcast industry are the live events. I've been to a lot of podcast events and they're unlike other events like, yeah, everybody's friendly and if you need help with something, you can go and ask somebody and they help you. It's not this, well, this is my fee. Like people are just way nicer in the podcast space. I don't know what it is, but it's like really consistent. You know, it's funny though. Cause I remember like, I, I this is going to sound weird, but I got a little starstruck the first time I went to one of these events. I'm like, Oh my God, is that Dave Jackson? Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, it's kind of interesting. It's like, you listen to these guys for years and like, they're just normal people. And I think that's what's really cool about this industry is a lot of people willing to share success and a lot of people willing to help others. And that's just not like a lot of industries because a lot of industries are very cutthroat. And if I don't do well, you don't do well. But like this industry is so new that we're all driving growth for everybody by getting the industry out there and telling more people about it. Yeah, uh, man, I love it that way because it just, it makes the content better and it mm -hmm. helps all of us grow. And yeah. I think as more and more newcomers begin to come in, they are welcome with open arms and, it just makes the industry better overall. Um, and I, I hope we don't get to a point where podcasters are being paid like artists. I think that's just dangerous overall because yeah. 
the metrics on that are hard to track. And a lot of artists don't get paid well now. Yeah. You're also going to run into the run into the problem, too, of like like um, and we've been seeing this a lot with like, uh, you know, like Twitter and Google and different platforms and stuff like that. Like you you run the risk then of being deplatformed, like, you know what I mean? and, And things like that. And I think by controlling your own content, like you still run a lot of what you do. So I think really like for us to be able to create the content we want to create and be able to control our show you're giving away control to somebody else when, when that happens, you know what I mean? Yeah, man. And that's, it is dangerous, but man, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for being here. This was a great conversation. Um, It's always fun to have these conversations. It, it feels like when you talk with somebody in the hallway at an event, just like a long period of time. <laughs> and I love that other people can hear it because they get to hear industry experts kind of talk about the industry overall covering a wide range mm-hmm. of topics um and i think this gives people ideas so again man thank you for being here first shout out to company please let people know more about command your brand yeah absolutely so command your brand we are the pr firm for the podcast space we really try to make sure that podcasters get the best quality guests we can give them and our clients kind of get the best placements to get some quality conversations so you can find out more about what we do over at commandyourbrand.com or if they want to check out me, my show is called the Create Your Own Life Show. We're over 800 episodes with lots of amazing guests, and you can find us on any podcasting app out there. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.